when you understand the revelation of Jesus Christ. There was no one after the fall of Adam that could make covenant with God because they were all fallen. No one. Isaiah 59, he said he wondered that there was no one that could could that was qualified to stand up for humanity's on humanity's behalf. Ezekiel 22 says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. There wasn't anything. So what's that? God becomes a man through his son. And then God makes a covenant with himself. <laughs> At, and Jesus, isn't that powerful? Yes. Jesus represents all of mankind. Because yes. of confusion, I read in Galatians 2.20, for a mediator is not a mediator, or Galatians 3.20, it's not a mediator of one, yet God is one. God I thought, wait one. a minute. Yeah, God is one, but in order for him to be a mediator, there has to be two parties that are at odds. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm excited today because we're going going to talk about revelation. And I've got someone who's got some revelation on revelation. Special guest, Chris Barhorst. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Al. Glad to be here. Yes, yes. Chris is the pastor of True Life Church of Greenville, Ohio, not too far from me. And about 70 miles. Yeah. How, how far? It's about 90 minutes? About 70 miles, I think. 70 miles, yeah. I, well, we, we've got to do some fellowship, brother. I agree with that totally. <laughs> yeah, Chris is also the executive regional advocate with Andrew Womack's Ministers Association. He's the author of a book that we're going to talk about today, The Redemptive Book of Revelation, subtitle, The Book of Revelation Through the Eyes of Redemption. He has a passion to help people understand the balance of grace and faith. Man, it's so good to have you, brother. Wow. It's good to be here. I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't known Chris that, that long, but we're like brothers, man. And uh, we enjoy each other's fellowship. And, man, this is an awesome man of God. Man, I thank you so much for being on, on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. and. The goal uh, being here, and I know this is your goal also, is I just want people to really see Jesus. And, you know, I know we throw that type of terminology around a lot, mm. but, but it really is the difference. And I, I keep learning that in my Christian walk. Absolutely. I was talking to somebody today about once you think you know everything or, or once you, you think you know everything about the Bible, you mm. stop growing. Exactly. Because we're always learning. I learned some new stuff today talking to uh, Mark Matchin. Actually, even before Mark was on the, on our show, I, I recorded a show with him. And even before that, on his live, he had some, uh, he had a live and he shared some things, man, that I had never heard before. And it, it helped me, man, to understand something that I really didn't fully understand before. And so, that's it's, God's word is so rich. It's it's unending. <laughs> yeah. Fred Price used to say the word of God is pregnant. It, mm. it, it mm. always gives birth 
to new facets of revelation. Well, and you know, too, you were talking about, I think, uh, thinking people think they know everything and they've exhausted the Bible or however we, we do that. But, but, you know, in first Corinthians eight, it talks about how, um, uh, if you think, you know, anything, you don't know anything as you ought to yeah, know. Yeah. First, but, but it didn't say you didn't know anything. It, it just said you didn't know it the way you should know. Right. It. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I tell people all the time, you never get it. You just keep getting it. That's the indicator that yeah. you got it. get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. All right, man. Well, let's talk about your book, man. And first, how can people get this book? Well, you can uh, contact us or you can go on Amazon. It's on Amazon. And uh, it's just called The Redemptive Book of Revelation. And you mentioned that earlier. The subtitle is the book of revelations through the eyes of redemption, uh, Greg Moore, who's uh, executive director of, of Andrews Womax ministers association. He did the foreword mm -hmm. and he really encouraged me with it because, you know, before I tell you the story of, of how I came to this, I, I told another friend of mine, I said, you know, write my first book on the book of revelation. I'm either really hearing from God or completely insane. And he said, <laughs> well, He's a good friend. So he told me he thinks it's a combination, a little bit of both. <laughs> I said, I'll go with that. That's good. <laughs> so, so it's fine. That's awesome. But, I'll put a link where people can get the book in the show notes. So, okay. Thank you. And, uh, but uh, just to give you a little bit of the background of this, I got saved in December of 1984. So I think that's been 37 plus years, 30, it was 37 years in December of 2021. So, and, um, but something that I, shortly after I got, became a Christian, I, I was reading in the Bible and I read a verse of scripture in Revelation chapter one and verse three, where it says, blessed is he that reads and he, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know what, I can read it. And, uh, and so I started reading it every month, uh, practice I continue to this day, uh, I mean, among other parts of scripture, but, but I, I, you know, I read through the Bible every year, at least once. And, uh, but I, I, all, I read that book every month and because there's a blessing on it. And, uh, but when I heard all so many interpretations, I really wasn't blessed. I was more confused. And mm. I often joke that Jesus Christ is going to physically return as soon as he figures out our prophecy charts. And, um, <laughs> you know, you've seen, you've seen them, you know, and, and you're like, I'm like, look, I think, you know, I, I believe in the second coming of, of Jesus' physical return. I do not believe he returned in 70 AD as some people erroneously teach. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not about fighting with anybody and, right. but, but just things as I read it, uh, you know, all of a sudden it hit me one day in chapter one and verse one, that it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And yes. I thought, oh my, this is about Jesus. Yeah. So many and, people uh, miss that. It's the revelation uh, of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's singular. It's, it's the revelation. I mean, it is the, the revealing of Jesus, but we make it about everything but Jesus. And I think that's why people aren't blessed by it. Um, mm -hmm. I talked to one guy, uh, part of an awesome group of, of ministers and stuff. And he said, he said he, he was asking why their group doesn't, uh, why don't they, we talk about it. And I said, well, everyone's afraid of it. 
or and I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people, they're afraid of it. And, and I get it because uh, I've talked to people and said, well, it's like they're just not interested in it. But I'm thinking if it's talking about Jesus and it's revealing Jesus to me, I think you should we should be interested in it. And first um, uh, Peter, chapter one, verse 13 says it says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end. Or the Greek says hope completely upon the grace that is being brought unto you. The Greek says at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And and more revelation we get of Jesus and his redemptive work, the more grace we receive in our life. Yes. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. So I that's that was my heart. And and I honestly, I you know, you I you know, we know our motives, right? And and I can tell you that writing this this book was my motive was really pure. I mean, I literally you know, just want people to see Jesus. I really haven't promoted it, but that may change. You know, I'm, I pray about that. Uh, but the people that have read it and and hear what I'm saying, I've gotten some really, really good, encouraging words back of people that are seeing it. And they're, they're actually, it's actually opening up to them. And they're thinking, you know, I, I'll explain a couple of things here as we get further along, but man, it's about Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's exciting. And no, so, that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, tell us about the book. Tell us about. Take us inside. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> First of all, I do not know every verse in the Book of Revelation, nor do I know have every verse in the entire Bible. But I have learned that the 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 scriptures, the written word, uh, is pointing to the living word, and that and G, and that's Jesus. You know, uh, and where I think people miss and they get legalistic or Gnostic or whatever they get when they, like Jesus said in John 5, 39, he told the religious folks, he said, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have life and they testify of me, but you won't come to me that you might have life. Ephesians 4, 21 says the truth is in Jesus. And of course, John 14, 6 says he is the truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so what I do in this book is you've ever seen somebody assemble a puzzle and 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 they're putting they put the outside of the puzzle together and i call it the puzzle principle well that's what i do with the book of revelation because at the beginning of the book uh, it says it's the revelation of jesus christ which god gave unto him to show unto him the things which must shortly come to pass and i'm i go into all that but but i just take it as the revelation of, as it says the revealing of jesus and then at the end of the book it says in revelation 22 in verse 16, he says he's given to you for in the churches, for the churches. And it says in verse 17, the spirit and the bride, the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church are saying, come. Mm. Let him hears say, come. And then I ask the question, let him that hears what? Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, so. I, I, I approach it from what I call the puzzle principle, and I talk about that at, at the beginning, and 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 then in the middle, I just try to fill in as many pieces as I, you know, I have clarity on as I go through it. But and I and I'm not there to fight with anybody. Pastor Greg Moore, who did the forward, when he told me, he said when he, after he spent a lot of time with the manuscript, he said he said Chris, you're not fighting with anybody. He said you're just presenting a view, and 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 I. I think I, that's what I'm doing, but, but I do say a couple things that, you know, some people might get worked up 
over and I can give you those in a few minutes and I don't want to turn all your viewers off, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have to be honest and, and I don't want, I tell people all the time, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to find out what is right when it comes to doctrine and understanding. And, and I know that if you that you understand that that I tell people read your Bible with your Jesus glasses on. In other words, you you look at you see Him, you see redemption, you see what He's done throughout the entirety of the Word of God. But I think it's a stroke of deceptive genius that we the enemy I believe has taken the last book, which says it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, and literally made it about everything but Jesus, and made it about God's going to get you, and man, He's going to He's out to kill, and and. Uh, and people need to receive Jesus, and that's the good news of of the Book of Revelation. That's why the Spirit and the Bride, when we're, as we're in unity with the Spirit of God, we can tell people, you know, they can come and they say, "Well, you don't know what I've done," and then I tell people, "Well, you don't know what He's done." And and Second Corinthians five talks about how God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing men's trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And that's just a fancy word to tell people that because of the sacrifice of Jesus and what he's done, you can come to God through Jesus and be, be born into his family I mean, and be part of the family of God. That's amazing to me. That's oh, that, good news. Yeah, that's, that's great, Chris. And you know what? Um, I never really put the revelation of Jesus Christ, um, the beginning of how revelation starts. I never put that together with First Peter 1. And, right. and that, that's, that's awesome. And usually, well, for many people, the first thing they think about when they hear revelation, actually some people call it revelations, Yeah, <laughs> but, but the first thing people think about when they hear about revelation, they think of end times, not yep. a revelation of Jesus Christ. And I saw, exactly. I saw this, um, I just looked at this in, um, first Peter or first Peter one. 13 from the yep. passion. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. The last part of this verse says, for when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be oh released my. to you. That's so good. Wow. But carry on brother. No, that's so good. And you know, let me give you another one. I, I do that a lot in this book. I connect uh, the book of revelation with the rest of the Bible. There's a thought. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, scripture, I believe interprets scripture. And when you yes. keep it, when you, when you understand that, that it really is revealing the living word, Jesus, I mean, it, it really comes alive. And, and for example, you were mentioned first Peter one, I love verse 21, where it says who by him do believe in God. Now that's interesting to me. You can believe legalism is believing in God by yourself or mm -hmm. believe, uh, or whatever form gnosticism or whatever right. you say but it's not believing in god through jesus but it says who by him the greek says through him do believe in god that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in god That's when good. we come to god through jesus i mean the devils believe and tremble james tells us yeah and i asked our church i said what makes your belief in god any different than the devils and they look at you you know like <laughs> wow calvin a new gate and i said yeah because you're coming through Jesus. That's yes. what it's all about. Yeah. And there's so there's just so many, many verses and, and, and it's really, really good news. Um, I do a thing on, you know, for years, you've heard people say, well, the mark of the beast is a computer chip. 
I don't see how, I guess, you know, unregenerate man could try that. And I believe that the devil would love a one world government. You see that in Genesis 11 in the Tower of Babel. But I believe that, you know, I, you, I got a chapter in the book called The Nature of the Beast. And we've heard that all our life where people, well, that's just the nature of the beast. Well, there's a lot of truth to that because uh, Ecclesiastes 3.18 says, I said in my heart concerning the estate or the condition of the sons of men that God might reveal it unto themselves or manifest it and that they might see that they are beast. And without the spirit of God, we we can be as you know uncivilized as as you know, any animal, you know, and that, I believe that's what he's talking about. And, and I got a whole thing on that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I, I just, I just want to know, you know, um, you know, truth and Jesus is truth. And I find when I read this, I'm just, I'm looking for redemption. I'm looking, I'm looking for, you know, excitement. I mean, I believe it's, you know, it's a good news available to those who don't know him. Uh, that's why we're to proclaim it. Uh, as, as revealing Jesus, but yeah, it's exciting. It, it is exciting. I, I sure hope the mark is not in a computer chip because I got a lot of tech tech around me, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, I'll just throw this at you, but in, in revelation 13, 11, it's, it fascinates me because it says a second beast rises up uh, like a lamb. And then I stop right there and I say, well, who's the lamb? And then they just, people think, well, that's Jesus. Well, this isn't the lamb. It's like a lamb. It's masquerading as a lamb, mm. you know, it's religious and it gives life and power unto the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And I, I believe the first beast is speaking of the Adamic nature and you, you know, and, and, and if, if it's a deadly wound, it's, it's dead as far as I know, but religion gives life to a dead old man and tells you, you can save yourself. You can buy and sell and barter with God and, and you can, you can make, you can save yourself. And that's not true. <laughs> you need no. Jesus. Right. And we all, and so. Yeah. Anyhow, I, there's a lot of things I say in this book, and I'll just give you another one. Once again, is I know people talk about seven years tribulation, and I believe there's, you know, people are being persecuted for their faith worldwide now, probably, probably more than any time in history. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't have exact stats, but I know it, it's it's bad. Uh, but I don't see seven years. Uh, tribulation. I know they take it from Daniel nine twenty seven and from basically one phrase there, and I think that's a um, that's a pretty you know Daniel sixty ninth and seventy week seventieth week. And I tried for years to see that stuff, and I think you got to put a lot of pressure on the scripture to make it say some of these things. But here's what I do see: I see three and a half years. I see one thousand two hundred and sixty or one thousand two hundred and three score days. I see forty two months. Those are all different ways of saying three and a half years. And then I stop and ask this simple question. How long was Jesus' physical ministry on the earth? Well, it was three and a half years. Hmm, interesting. Could there be a connection between his earth ministry when he, when he was here the first time physically and the three and a half years? There is. <laughs> I totally believe that. But people have made it. Well, I could go on. I mean, it frustrates me because I really believe the book that calls itself the revelation of Jesus Christ in a lot of ways has been stolen from people because of, you know, I've heard people say, well, I don't, you know, I don't even go there. It's too confusing. It's I'm thinking, yes, it's symbolic in nature, but I'm telling you, 
it has a lot of literal application to our lives, and, and we need the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, we do. Can I? I'll throw throw another one I talk about in the book, and in Revelation eighteen and verse four, uh, John says, "I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues." And so John is telling the Lord is telling through the apostle John, he's saying, "Come out of her," and then I'm saying, "Who's her?" Well, it's it's Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, plural. It's taught, spiritually speaking, you know counterfeit religious systems that negate the power of God in our life. And Babylon, the word Babylon simply means to confuse by mixing. When we mix the covenants and we, mm -hmm. we add things to what Jesus has done, that's a Babylonian system. And God is telling his people come out of her that you don't receive of a judgment that already abides on her. Jesus said in John three thirty six that the wrath of God abides on those who don't believe. There's a curse in this world because of Adam's sin. And God doesn't want us, you know, under that system. He wants us. That's why we take communion. I do a thing on that in there. We do it in remembrance of him. Uh, so we don't fall under the same condemning sentence that is that is in this world because of Adam's transgression. So anyhow. Chris, hold, hold on. You, you throw on a lot of things at us. So yeah. it, good stuff. Take us to where is the scripture in reference to mixture and, and go back over that and talk about that a little bit. Well, if, if you study, uh, if, if you study, uh, well, first Paul said in Galatians and there, there's so many places he starts in chapter five and verse one, where he says, stand fast in the Liberty talking to believers, Christians, uh, wherewith you, you've, uh, been set free and be not entangled again with that yoke of bondage. And that yoke of bondage has to do with approaching God based on our own personal merit instead of Jesus, our works instead of his work. And then what fascinates me is you get the verse four of Galatians five, and it says, Christ be is become of no effect unto you. And I thought, wow, how can Christ be of no effect to me? That's amazing. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. In other words, falling from grace is when I look to myself. Uh, for justification and 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 Babylon, the word Babylon literally means to it it means to confuse by mixing. And if you study, it uses that uh, terminology in the Book of Revelation, and 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 that's what happens. Like Paul said in Galatians three three, are you so foolish? You begun in the spirit. You begun by trusting God. Are you now? Do you now attain your goal? One translation says through human effort or through the flesh. And so that's that's the danger of of mixture. You know, it, it's it's the Jesus plus plan. In other words, I come to God, but, you know, I hear people say it. I've just had a prominent Christian magazine and it just grieves me. I told my wife, I said, it just grieves me. They're talking about keeping the Passover and and I'm not against doing those things. If you uh, if you understand, if you're not doing them for any kind of merit, you know, you're, you're doing it as what it how it points to Jesus. But 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Christ is our Passover. It's no longer a day. And how, you know, Paul warned in Galatians 4, you observe days and months and times and years. That's Babylon. Babylon is the mixture of, yes, my faith is in Jesus, but it's also in uh, me keeping feast days or me doing this or mm -hmm. me 
uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. mixture and that's deadly. And, and that's the hardest. It makes it difficult to see because because of the truth in it. I mean, I know this is audio only, but I'm holding a bottle of water. And if I said, you know, here, brother, Al, here's a here's a bottle of water. It's real good. It's cold. I know you're thirsty. I put just a little bit of cyanide in. Not much, not much. But that mixture will kill you. Yeah, I can't I can't drink around it. Nope, you can't drink around it because it's it's intertwined with the water in the bottle. That's you know, there's so many scriptures. And and this is honestly, this is what offends people. I got a message for this Sunday coming up. Uh, it'll probably be after, you know, uh, already done by the time this is this airs. Mm-hmm. But it's what is the offense of the cross? What does that mean? And uh, it's really powerful because people want to glory in what they do for God. They want to believe that, man, I did this. I'm something. And uh, no, you're nothing. <laughs> Neither am I. That's why I need Jesus, yeah. which was the purpose of the law, which he gave to Israel, but it condemned the whole world, stopped every mouth, Romans 3 says. So we would stop trusting in ourselves and begin to trust in Jesus. And that's not just for the initial born again experience. That's throughout our Christian walk. Colossians 2, 6, the same way or as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him the same way I received him by grace through faith. Keep abide in him. Keep my faith in him. And that's the good fight of faith. It's to keep it in him and out of me. Yeah. I got a question for you, Chris, about mixture. Mm-hmm. So many people I've found don't know if they're in a church with mixture. They may mm-hmm. think that they're in a grace based ministry or church and they don't recognize that there's mixture there. How does a person recognize or how can they tell whether they're in a church that preaches a mixture of law and grace? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, well, first of all, I want to say this before I, I address that. I'm not saying you go in there and expect somebody to say everything perfectly. Right. I, I can't speak for you, but I know I can speak for me. I, I don't, you know, it's hard to explain everything in one message. You know how that is. And, right. and um, so I, I don't think we should be nitpicky, but at the same time, I also, I do believe, for example, I'm going to use this as an example and then I'm going to uh, look at first John, but, uh, you know, how many churches have I heard say, man, what's your motto? Will we love God and love people? Man, that sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. There's only one problem. You cannot love God and love people until you realize he loves you. Absolutely. That has to be man, say and that you, again. Yes, <laughs> because I love what First John 4.10 says. It says, here in his love. In other words, this is what I'm talking about. That's my paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to the, be, be the big word. Propitiation just means satisfaction for our sins. So that's love. I can't love God and I can't love people until I learn to receive his love for me. That's why the very first foundation in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 is the repentance or the mind change from dead works and then faith towards God. I can't have faith towards God until I, until I quit trusting in dead works. And I've heard this preached. I heard somebody, a prominent minister, if I named his name, everyone would probably know who I'm talking about. He's good. I like him. But he's talking about those that and he starts focusing on repentance, like repentance from sins. No, it's repentance from dead works, Mm. works that I do to merit my position before God. 
and that's that's dangerous stuff. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. Yeah. And, that, that's and, good. And answer to your question in First John, I would pray, and and I know this. It, 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 and go to the word and, and validate everything with the word. And I just, I listen for Jesus when I'm, I'm listening for people talking like, say, that's good. Listening for Jesus. Yeah. Emphasis on the work of Christ, what he made available and how I appropriate that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Focusing on who he is and what yes. he has done for us yeah. through his finished work. Yep. Right. Absolutely. But, but here, here's what I think is fascinating in first John two twenty seven it says, but the anointing, which you have received of him, it abides in you. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things. And it is truth. Here's what the anointing teaches. It is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him is what I'm hearing teaching me to abide in him. He's not doing away with teachers because the verse before that says these things uh, right into you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing of God will teach me to abide or keep my faith in him and out of me. That's that's been something, you know, that I I see um, another minister. They, uh, I'm just share this example. He was talking out of James chapter one. It's actually the same guy, but he was talking to James chapter one. And he was talking about where it talks in. Verses 23, 24, and 25 about a man who looks in a mirror, he goes away and forgets what manner of man he was and that whole thing. And uh, uh, it's interesting, but he's not, and this guy was saying, he was saying, see, you look into the mirror of God's word and you see what's wrong with yourself. And I could not disagree with that more. That's the problem. We look in the mirror of God's word instead of seeing who we are in Christ and what's right with Jesus and Christ in us, the hope of glory. We look in the mirror of God's word and we get condemned because we're not seeing Jesus. We're, you hear what I'm saying? Right, right. Focusing on yourself. That's it. And that's, that's what the law was for. The law was given to show you that you can't keep it. So you would quit trusting in yourself. And, uh, but I, I mean, I marvel at people, honestly, that, that don't, don't see this. And, and I mean, I didn't see it for a lot of years. I'm not. Yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> Anybody, yeah, and so you try harder, and that just is leads to frustration. Yeah, yeah, that makes me think about communion, and yes. and people look at themselves at communion <laughs> instead of look looking at him. Right? He said, "Do this, he said do this in remembrance of me, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Not yourself." Yep. I taught it that way. How I did for for years because that's how I was taught and. Me too. You know, Check I, yourself out. Make sure you don't have any sin in your life. Get your sin absolutely. out. Don't you approach communion with yeah. <laughs> until you've repented of all your sins and all that kind of stuff. I used to teach that. So we're not throwing rocks, right? The entrance you know, of God's word gives light. Praise you know, and, and then say, well, if you have offense against somebody, you know, you go up and tell them and, you know, you just cause more trouble. Right. I, I didn't have anything against me. Yeah, it's real clear in there. In fact, we did, took Communion Sunday at our church, and I actually was on those verses in 1 Corinthians 11, and I said, I said, this do in remembrance of you. And I stopped, and of course, everyone corrects me. I said, it's not in remembrance of you. In remembrance and remembrance of me. Taking it unworthily, I tell people this, it's not an adjective. It's an adverb. It's not describing a person, a noun. It's describing an action. And the way we take it unworthily is to believe we're not worthy because Jesus made us worthy. 
Yes. The only way a Christian can take communion unworthily is to believe they're unworthy. Mm. That's good, man. It's powerful stuff. And, 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 and I, ugh, there's so much there. I'm there right now. I got to look away or I won't want to go there, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's good news. Yeah, it is. I don't want to get too far away from your book, man, but uh, yeah, that that's really good stuff. What else you got? Oh, I got, there's, there's a lot of things I talk about and I, I'm just giving an example of comparing scripture with scripture mm -hmm. in, uh, uh, in Revelation chapter 14, uh, it talks about 144,000 virgins. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I just asked myself this question. Are these, Revelation 14, verse 4, they were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. I think, wow, uh, what does that mean? And some people, well, that's 144,000 Jewish believers who are virgins. I could not disagree more. I believe they're virgins in the sense that they have not been defiled with the harlot daughters of Babylon, Revelation 17, 5. And if you read in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, Paul said I, he had a desire. He wants to present you as a chaste virgin unto Christ. It's not talking about not being married. He's talking about your relationship with God, that it's pure. It's totally mm. Jesus. Totally Jesus. You relate to God totally based on Jesus. Wow. And, you know, I've discovered it sometimes when I feel the, the least worthy, it seems like God sometimes will do the most and I don't get it. And I'm thinking, prayer in the word, but not to, aren't you impressed Lord with how much I've read the Bible? No, he's impressed with his son and I, I'm in his son. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's good, Chris. It's, it is, I get excited talking about it. I mean, um, I mean, there's so there's so many verses like in Second Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Timothy two thirteen. I'm going to do a little test here, and then I'm going to explain my way out of it. But uh, <laughs> I, I've told our church, I said, uh, and, and others, when I was up at Nicole's, and I did this up there, and I said, I said, listen, I'm going to say something here, and you're going to think it's heresy, but but hear me through. All right, all right, listen to me. God is not faithful to you, and then I stop. And I look for the escape hatch. I go, God is faithful to his son, Jesus. Mm. And in second Corinthians or second Timothy chapter two, verse 13, the new King James says, if you are, we are faithless. He is faithful. faithful. He cannot deny himself. That's why God can't lie. And, you know, I got to, it, it's powerful. Hebrews six talks about two unchangeable or immutable things that God cannot lie. You know how long I spent trying to figure out what those two immutable things were? And I read every commentary and you know, that you could think, I mean, I looked at, well, this person says this and that person says that, and this person says this. It's really simple when you understand the revelation of Jesus Christ. There was no one after the fall of Adam that could make covenant with God because they were all fallen. No one. Isaiah 59, he said he wondered that there was no one that could could that was qualified to stand up for humanity's on humanity's behalf. Ezekiel 22 says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. There wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. So what's God, do? God becomes a man through his son. 
And then God makes a covenant with himself. <laughs> At, and Jesus, isn't that powerful? Yes. Jesus represents all of mankind. Because yes. of confusion, I read in Galatians 2.20, for a mediator is not a mediator, or Galatians 3.20, is not a mediator of one, yet God is one. God I thought, wait one. a minute. Yeah. God is one, but in order for them to be a mediator, there has to be two parties that are at odds. You know, Genesis 6, 3, he prophesied, my spirit shall not always strive with man. So they were at odds. So what happened? God is one, but God became a man in his son, and they made that covenant. That's why he can't lie. Come on. The man. two things in Hebrews 6 that anchor our soul in the midst of a crazy world are the fact that this covenant is secure on God's end. But it's also secure on our end because of our representative man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who became the Son of Man so that sons of men could receive him and become sons of God. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Thank Doesn't make you, you want to shout. Oh, man. Makes you want to shout. Man. Glory to God. Glory to God is right. <laughs> Praise I mean, God. you know, it's like. How can we lose, man? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I we, mean, we, we've got the representative man. It's in, in, like you said, he's faithful. To his son. Oh, yeah. He can't deny himself. Man. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Die. We are in Christ, man. We cannot yeah. lose. We Thanks can. be to God who gives us the victory through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. I'm just, you're getting me on a shout. <laughs> I mean, it's so exciting. And it's like people, I ask people, why is the gospel good news? Simple question. I don't know. I it's because that's what they told me. <laughs> no, it's good news because it's about Jesus. It's not about you, but it is for you. We got to get that straight. It's mm. not about me, but it's for me. I'm the beneficiary. Yes. You see, when David fought Goliath in First Samuel 17, that's a picture. If if Goliath would have won, the entire nation of Israel would have been subject to the Philistines. Mm. But David won a type of Christ. He won the victory. All of Israel was blessed and partook of the spoils of the defeated enemy, the Philistines. And what did Israel, the nation, contribute? Could you say hiding in the trenches? <laughs> weakness? That's what we contribute, weakness. Yes. And faith, true faith is nothing more than gathering the spoils of a battle that Jesus has already won. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. And that's why the you to abide in him people people think the devil's like man he's so powerful and he's going to twist your arm and he's going to do it. he can't no. i ask people this question why is why does satan have to lie and they people haven't thought about that i go if i'm going to whip you al and and i'm stronger than you i'm just going to whip you but mm -hmm. if i know i can't whip you and that you have all the power and authority all i can do is lie to you or lie to someone else to come against you but i have i cannot touch you because you're stronger than me. You have the power. That's and good. see, that's why Satan's such a good liar. Oh, that's, he's that's really, awesome. He's one of his favorite tools. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's powerful, man. I tell you what, this, this is some good stuff. If you want to know more, get his book on the redemptive book of Revelation. Praise God. Uh, oh, the book of Revelation. All right. Yeah. And it is a redemptive book. And, he, he talks about the subtitle is um, what is it? Um, looking through Revelation through the eyes of redemption, or that's it. The yeah. book of Revelation through the eyes of redemption. The book of Revelation through the eyes 
of redemption. Man, that's good stuff. If you have any final thoughts, um, I'll, let, let you I? I'll, let you, I'll let you think about that. And then, um, yeah, and then we're, we're going to wrap it up. But we'll put the link of the book in the show notes. If I can't do the link, um, we'll, we'll put in the show notes where to find it. So, Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I got a real short introduction that I did, and it kind of sums up things. Yeah. But uh, I'm just going to read it. Okay. And it just says, probably no other book in the Bible has caused more believers to divide than the book of Revelation. Because of its symbolic nature, it becomes easy to ascribe all types of private interpretations to the truth contained within. The last thing I desire to do in this publication is add to the confusion and corresponding division that already exists as it pertains to the book of Revelation. My goal is that we will simply begin to see the book that calls itself the revelation of Jesus Christ as a revelation of Jesus Christ. And awesome. Second Timothy two, seven, I have under there, consider what I say and the Lord give you understanding in all things. <laughs> so great. That's the goal. Yeah. Chris, Thanks so much for joining us. Before we go, would you close us out with prayer? Yeah. First of all, I want to say thank you, Al, for having me. I really appreciate you and my pleasure. telling my wife about how much I appreciate you because uh, you're. I know you're a grace guy or like me, you're a grace and faith guy, but you, you really do have a desire for sound doctrine um, that exalts Jesus and doesn't go off in the weeds. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I really do. Amen. I really, really do because that's, that's gold. So if you go to Al's church, you need to keep going there because that's the place to be. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much, Chris. You're awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd be honored to pray. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for this time together. I want to thank you for anyone that will be listening or listening now, or we just want them help us all, Al and myself included and our families, to just get a greater revelation of Jesus Christ. And as Brother Al was saying earlier, because of Jesus, we cannot lose. Glory to God. Mm. Give us that revelation. Give it, let us, uh, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened to this hope that we have in Christ, this, this powerful hope. And that we, when we pray in Jesus' name, it's, we understand that it's about what he did mm. to, to deserve that for us. And Thank that we Lord. would get things based upon him and, and not revert back to us. And, and if there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord, I'm going to, the Bible says, if you call upon him, you shall be saved. And I encourage you to do that and accept Jesus. Hallelujah. You. Thank you, father. In Thank Jesus. you, father. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. Praise God. Hey. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing with us today, man. It was a pleasure to have you honor being here. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Al. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.